hard work, determination, and a love for our community. As a lifelong resident of Mississippi, Chris McDaniel had these values forged at an early age from a loving family. My father would tell me to get up in the morning and try to help as many people as you can. We're only here for a short while. We have to do the very best we can in that short period of time to help people, to change the world. We can fight to make Mississippi a leader in this country, and that's what I've tried to do all these years. In the state Senate, Chris McDaniel authored pro-life legislation to protect the unborn, and McDaniel safeguarded our Second Amendment constitutional rights. Chris McDaniel's steadfast commitment to conservative values is why he's earned the American Conservative Union's Award for Conservative Excellence multiple times. Now, as our lieutenant governor, Chris McDaniel will continue to fight for all of Mississippi. We can fight to make Mississippi a leader in this country, and that's what I've tried to do all these years. Mississippi deserves a real homegrown conservative. Support Chris McDaniel for Mississippi Lieutenant Governor. Paid for by the committee to elect Chris McDaniel. Liberals, be warned, your viewpoints will be subjected to strict scrutiny. You're listening to Right Side Radio. Feels like, like my eyes have been blown wide open. In this present crisis, government is not the solution to our problem. Government is the problem. The nine most terrifying words in the English language are, I'm from the government and I'm here to help. tuned in to Right Side Radio. All right, guys, you have found it. It is the Right Side Radio program. Here we are for another week. This week being recorded here on June the 8th. 2023, folks, we've got a fun episode for you tonight. But before we get started, as always, I want to ask you to like and subscribe to the Right Side Radio program. Like us on our Facebook page, share the Facebook page, and then remember to subscribe to us on your pod catcher of choice. If you subscribe to the Right Side Radio program on your pod catcher of choice, you'll always be notified whenever we put out new content. And we are on iTunes, Spreaker, iHeartRadio, Spotify, Google Play, Amazon Music, you name it, we're there. So make sure that you have liked and subscribed to the Right Side Radio program. Guys, we've got an exciting show tonight. I've got one of my good friends with me tonight, Lindsay Beckham. And Lindsay is with Moms for Liberty, which if the name of her group sounds familiar, it's probably because you've seen them in the news here lately because they are now being labeled by the Southern Poverty Law Center as an extremist group, as a hate and extremist group, to be exact. And that right there, my friends, is a completely ridiculous assessment of this fine group. So I wanted to bring Lindsay on tonight 
to talk about this this moniker that the Southern Poverty Law Center is trying to place upon her group. Lindsay, welcome to The Right Side. Hey, thanks so much for having me. Well, Lindsay, I know that it's, uh, you and I have talked about having you on for a while. In my wildest dreams, I never (laughs) thought that I'd be having you on so that way you could come on and tell the world that Moms for Liberty is not a hate group. (laughs) I just thought you were waiting on me to be labeled a hate group to have me. Well, I'm sure that the Southern Poverty Law Center is labeled the right side as a hate group too. So I'm, I'm sure I'm that sure. I've got that moniker. <laughs> yes. Absolutely. I don't know how, I'm sure we're on a ton of lists somewhere, government list. Probably no fly <laughs> list for sure. <laughs> yeah, definitely those. <laughs> well, Lindsay, first off, tell us about Monster Liberty. Tell us the real reasoning for the organization. Tell us a little bit about the background of the organization. So back during the very beginning stages of COVID and the pandemic, there were two moms who were former school board members, actually, in Florida, who were so fed up with the tyranny that we were seeing take place with the mask mandates and the vaccine mandates and um, the school shutting down and the school unions just abusing their power. And they decided to fight back. And so they formed what we now know as Moms for Liberty. Um, We are just a little over two years old at this point. I have been involved a little over a year now. And we're a grassroots organization that our main goal is to empower parents and to fight for parental rights at all levels of government and to um, empower parents and give them the, the tools that they need to be able to have the power to stand up and, and use their voice to speak out on behalf of their children and for what's right when it comes to um, public education and the education system in their state. And you guys are a nationwide organization. This is not just a Mississippi organization. You guys are a right. nationwide organization. Yes, currently we have um, close to 300 local county or, or 300 county chapters um, in 44 states, and um, we number over 120,000 now in members. Wow. In just two, in two years, years' time. In two years. Wow. Yes. You know, and, and I'll be honest with you, Lindsay, you know, because the name's so catchy and everything that when I saw it, I just assumed that this group has been around for a while. I just, I didn't realize it was only two years old. Right. You know, I think they really messed up when they sent kids home and wouldn't let them come into the school building and then parents realized what was being taught and what was being implemented and what was basically being put in front of their children's faces while they were in in school. So and at, at that same time, they wanted parents to drop their children off at a government-funded facility where they would be for seven, eight hours a day and they didn't want to let parents in, and they didn't want to let parents know what was going on. And so parents, or mama's bears especially, are not okay with that. We have a big problem with that. And once we realized some other things that were taking place, we hit the ground running and haven't let up since. Well, Lindsay, I know one of the things that I've, I've seen that you guys have been really active in and been involved in is 
looking and seeing what's in some of these school libraries, looking and seeing right. at some of the things that are being taught in these textbooks. What are some of the more surprising things that you have found? Uh, we'll start first with in a library. Look, I'll tell you, the explicit content that can be found in middle school libraries across the country will absolutely sicken you. And I talked to so many of our legislators here in Mississippi, and they said to me, that's not in my county. I know that that's not where I live. And so I would take five minutes and go look some stuff up and come back to them and say, hey, this is an, an, a, a part of a book that's located in your county in the public school system in the middle school library. And they couldn't believe it. They were shocked. It is so vulgar. It is so sexual in nature. There is so much of the LB, I don't even have letters anymore. The alphabet LB, mafia is what I call it. The alphabet. There is so much of that narrative being pushed upon our children. And I, I just, I couldn't believe it. And I, I, I think that people don't realize that. And I think that it, it took something like, COVID and waking parents up and having to show up at school board meetings to realize that there were so many other issues. And, you know, we here in Madison, um, Madison County, we were able to actually get, we took a list of 22 books to our school board and we were able to finally, about seven, eight months later, have 10 of those books removed from full circulation and put behind a counter where they require parental consent to be checked out. But those books are still available in ebook form on the website. Um, it, there's still so much work to be done. And it's, it's just as soon as we can find a book that needs to be removed and not banned, not banned and not burned, but removed from our children's hands, there's another one right there to replace it that's even more explicit and more obscene and more vulgar. So it's kind of like until we find somebody that's going to stand up and say, there must be a process and a policy and someone vetting this material before it gets here, nothing's going to change. Absolutely. And and I appreciate you being in that fight because, Lindsay, you're, you're a single mother. How many kids do you currently have? I have five children. Um, my husband passed away in 2016, and I was pregnant with our twins at the time. Um, so I have a – and that's how I got involved, actually, because um, I was pregnant with boy-girl twins. My son, Creed, was vaccine injured, and um, he ended up undergoing open-heart surgery at five months old, and then he had another surgery right after he turned two to correct some holes in his abdomen called hydrocele. He's now got an autism diagnosis. He's on the spectrum. But um, it, it was like a when I, I went back and I looked at the dates and I looked at the, how things had, had transpired, it was completely obvious that he had been affected by something in vaccines. It did not sit well with him. It caused issues with him that it did not cause in his siblings or other children. So my children all have, at this point, medical exemptions because of Creed and because of his autism diagnosis. Um, but I, I didn't want to stop there. I wanted to fight for all children of Mississippi because they all deserve the right to opt out of that. Parents know their children. And they deserve to have the right to make those medical decisions. I agree 100%. That's so important. Yeah. 
I agree a hundred percent, you know, and that's, you know, I go back to that time when they were, you know, forcing the, the COVID vaccine upon everybody. And there was this attack and there was this label that, well, this side that doesn't want the COVID vaccine is anti-vaccine. And I don't think that was the case at all. I think that was a case of people wanted a choice and they wanted more information right. before they were willing to go and put some foreign substance in their body. Uh, especially right. when we, everybody can react differently to these type of things. And we need to know exactly what's going to be in it. Cause what if one of the substances that's in there is something that I already know I have a bad effect to. Right. Exactly. Well, if you have a peanut allergy, your mm-hmm. doctor tells you don't eat peanuts, mm-hmm. but you have a reaction to a, a vaccine or a child has a reaction to a vaccine and they say you must vaccinate them more and it's it's almost like why did I not realize why did I not question more why did I not do the research I trusted what someone told me because I thought they had my child's best interest at heart and this goes to the vaccine issue and the public school education Mm -hmm. issue I trusted these people and I knew I, I thought that they cared about my children first and foremost and that's just not the case nine times out of 10, it seems. Now, in textbooks, because we talked about what you found in the library, what are some of the shocking things that you found in children's textbooks? The, the things actually being taught in a class, not something that they have to go find in a library, but something they're being assigned to take home and read. Jack, let me tell you, that's a crazy thing because, you know, our kids don't have textbooks anymore. They don't have a syllabus anymore. When you go into class on the first day and and teachers, the way I remember it, would hand you a syllabus and they would Mm -hmm. show you what you were going to learn that that semester or that year and what you would be responsible for knowing or what you would know when you came out of that class. And that's no longer the case. Um, There are so many things that are done online. They're done through a screen. And so parents don't see textbooks anymore and you have to stay on top of it to understand what's taking place um my oldest daughter who's 13 now and she's homeschooled now but um she it was i guess about a year and a half ago or about a year ago um they they had an assignment and so her teacher taped pictures to the wall i think there were seven pictures and they were things that were taken or, or scenes that were taken out of the civil war movement the the things that like the um, integration of schools, mm-hmm. there was one of the Birmingham bus bombing. There was um, one of Rosa Parks and, and that situation. And the, the line of questioning, and this was an English class, but the line of questioning was, how do you think these people felt? Or how do you think this child must have felt to be in this situation? And I thought that was so wrong to take what my child had to say about that and grade it and give her a grade on that when she doesn't live in that world. That's something that took place so many years ago and our world's not the same today. Um, You know, it's just a call for divide and there's no reason for that. We should be, I hate that they've used the word inclusive and made it such a dirty word Mm -hmm. because to be inclusive should mean that everyone has the same opportunities and everyone is getting the same education. But that's not the case anymore. To be inclusive now means that you must accept the left radical agenda. 
Exactly. And as a mom, that's not okay. No, because again, that's it. They they do not. They preach tolerance, but they don't practice it. To their version of tolerance right. is accept everything I say as fact, and anything you say makes that disagrees with it makes you a bigot, intolerant, and hateful. And that's mm-hmm. what's what we're seeing now more and more. And you brought up division. Well, division politics is the bread and butter now of the modern liberal. That's all they know because if they can keep Mm -hmm. us divided, if they can keep us focused on our differences, that's how they keep us separated. And that's how they exploit large groups the way that they are able to. Right. Exactly right. And they're doing that so well in the public school system, even though Mississippi has passed law that bans critical race theory being taught in schools. Let's try to stress to parents, this is not something that's being taught. It's something that's being implemented. They want to take your child and change the way that they view the world and the way that they think, and they want to remove the family from their vocabulary. They want to control our children. And it makes complete sense because our children are going to run the country in this next generation. So, I mean, why wouldn't they go after that? You're 100% accurate. And that's been something they've been very successful at for years. I mean, we've seen the growth of the alphabet mafia being able to just maybe introduce a little mild character here on a popular program and next thing you know they blow it up into what we see now to where you must accept and it's every other thing you see you turn on a television program and you or you just turn on a commercial now and you're being exposed to those lifestyles in a way that you never would have been just 10 years ago mm-hmm. there are elementary school children in this country who are being shown who are being shown videos in the classroom teaching them how to masturbate? Wow, <laughs> that that should yeah. be you should be put in jail for that. That's that's not absolutely. educating kids. That's perversion. It absolutely is. So I um I joined the Moms for Liberty interview team back in October, and so now I talk to several, uh, and we're not just moms. We're we're grandparents, dads, aunts, uncles. Um, citizens, taxpayers, anyone who wants to get involved in the fight for parental rights, especially in education. Um, So I talk to people every week that want to start a chapter in their county, in their community, in their state. And what I am seeing is that we are not the minority that they make us believe we are. There are so many parents and so many citizens out there in this country that want to stop what they see taking place. And so we just need to encourage them and continue to empower them and let them know they're not alone because they make you feel like you are the outcast and that you're the crazy one. They, they censor us and they try to silence us. And the mainstream media is, is the worst Absolutely. when it comes to that. But you know, we need more people that, to say, no, you're right. You're on the right track and we support you. Absolutely. Well, speaking of the media, because I want to get into this story from the Southern Poverty Law Center, I'm going to read to you. This comes straight from a an article on NPR, which anybody that knows NPR, National Public Radio, they are not mm-hmm. a conservative outlet to say <laughs> anything. 
Uh, and this is on this whole you guys being labeled a hate group. It says, more than two years into a conservative push against teaching about black history, literature, and gender identity in public schools, the Southern Poverty Law Center has concluded that a dozen so-called parental rights groups behind the movement are extremists. The civil rights organization particularly focuses on the largest of these, the nonprofit's Moms for Liberty, in its annual Year in Hate and Extremism report for 2022, saying that it advances an anti-student inclusion agenda. Now, right there, you can see how the author of this piece is trying to lead whoever's reading it into a negative opinion of your organization. Right. So you see, again, I was trained in journalism. I know the trick. So I know exactly what they're doing with the lead the whole way. There's nothing objective in what I just read you. It's all trying to lead you to believe that this Southern Poverty Law Center is actually the good guys here. Mm-hmm. And what's so scary is that they, they have labeled certain groups as hate groups such as the KKK um, and then they they want to put parents next to that parents who just want to be involved in their children's education like what has happened to our country what has taken place that has caused people to be able to call a mom that speaks up at a school board meeting a terrorist yeah. or to call parents who are involved in a parental right grassroots organization a hate group yeah like how did it get to this it happened so quickly and we if that doesn't wake some people up i honestly don't know what will it, it is frightening especially when you see some of the things that they're putting out and that's why again there are much better stories that are way more fair to you guys than the one that i picked but i picked it for a reason because i think the audience needs to understand When you're reading these stories, you can tell early on where the author is wanting to lead you. Because, again, to me, and I've done a lot of studying on the Southern Poverty Law Center, I think that they're closer to being a hate group based on the fact that they are actively. I mean, who publishes a group, a, a, a article that says a year in hate and extremism anyway, other than somebody that's trying to look for people to discredit by throwing out the race card, the ism card, the phobium card. That's all they know how to play these days, Lindsay. Right. I know. And if you go and look at Mississippi and they have a map, if you go and look at the, the, the groups that they have listed in Mississippi that they consider hate groups, uh, the American Family Association is one of those. I think it's at the top of the list. And I'm telling you, they want to take the nucle- nuclear family and remove it from vocabulary. We saw that happen here in Mississippi when they attempted to change the laws or the um, curriculum or the standards, I should say, concerning the social studies in public school education here in Mississippi. What we saw was they took from kindergarten and first grade, they took out the Pledge of Allegiance. They took out the word family. They took out the holiday of Thanksgiving and teaching what that was about. Um, They took out all of these things that it makes no sense to remove those things unless you're anti-American and anti-family. And I'm thinking, what is happening 
And how can this be okay? Now, we did fight back against that. And then, of course, the Department of Education here in Mississippi spent months deliberating. And I think they wanted it to die down before they came back and responded. Finally, they did come back and respond with a new version, which wasn't as bad as the one they had at first brought to the the people. Um, but, I mean, it's things like that. And if you're not – and you know what they did? They put this in over Christmas break when nobody was paying attention, <laughs> thinking it would just pass. That's that so, is such the move that these uh, folks yep. in politics. It's it's like when Congress waits till right before they leave to go ahead and right. pass the terrible thing that they want to pass, so that way exactly. they're not there to listen to you complain about it. Yep. So and then they didn't think anybody would pay attention, and um, they. They had to have 10 letters in writing to protest this in order to put a hold on it and have a public public hearing. They got way more than 10 letters, let me tell you, because we hit them hard. Um, and then we had 70-something people show up at the Ag Museum to fight back against that. And they didn't even show up. The Mississippi Board of Education didn't even show up to hear the people respond. Wow. And it's almost, it's like the, back in uh, March, or I say March, March is when they voted on this new superintendent of education that the Board of Education appointed back in November. And when they appointed that Board of Education, they had actually invited peer, or invited the public to come and attend, but they did that on a Friday afternoon at 4 o'clock. Well, the meeting was being held on Monday, first thing that morning, but we saw it and we showed up and then they wouldn't even allow us on the same floor <laughs> where the meeting was taking place. So, so there's so, no transparency. Let, let me get this straight. They invited y'all to come. You took the, it, they, not only did they invite you to come, they tried to put it at a time that they didn't think you'd show up. And then when right? you did show up, they basically rescinded the invitation. Yes. Oh, I mean, not just rescinded, but we're ugly about it and said, you can't even be on the same floor where, where we're meeting. And, and this is supposed yeah. to be for us. We, we're paying for this. Right. <laughs> exactly. So that's when they appointed Robert Taylor, a superintendent mm -hmm. of, of education of the state of Mississippi. Um, he's been in North Carolina. He was in North Carolina for years. Um, he's originally from Mississippi, but I will say that we were able to stop that. Because the Senate must confirm that during session. Um, it was told to me that they were not going to bring it out of committee. But, Jack, you know how that goes. Oh, yeah. And so the last minute in March, they decided to take it out of committee after they had told everyone it wasn't coming out of committee. Um, so the very last second, they bring it out of committee and they take it to the floor for a vote. And so I'm rallying. Senator Chris McDaniel got on Facebook and he was getting, he was going live and he was rallying and he was saying, look, we must stop this. I had a list. Now, this man scrubbed everything from the internet as soon as he was appointed, but I had a list a mile long. I had gone back, I had dug and dug and dug, and other people had to, other parents had done that as well. And we had comprised a list and, and videos and things that were quoted by him. And um, he had called us the most racist state. In the union, I saw. he had said some horrible things about Mississippi, and then he wants to come in and be superintendent of education here. I don't think so. So thank goodness that there is somebody like Chris McDaniel, 
in the Senate that was able to stand up and have the backbone to say, no, we're not doing this. This is not okay. So they, the Senate did not confirm him. Thank goodness. Yeah, um, and, so that's and, it's still kind of up for debate. Uh, they've got to appoint a new one now. Just and yeah, who knows what we'll, we'll see next. <laughs> yeah, fingers crossed the next one won't be as bad. But let's let's be honest about something too, because you you said that it wasn't going to come out of committee, that they weren't going to hear it, and then it did. Well, the right. fact that it came out of committee you know who told them to take it out of committee, and that is the current lieutenant governor, Delbert Hoseman. Delbert He's, Hoseman. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, he right there showed uh, once again during his tenure why he is the wrong person. He's Delbert the Democrat, and he continues right. to show that constantly. And like you said, thank goodness, I covered it right here on the right side. Thank goodness that Chris McDaniel took that stand and has as big right. of a platform on Facebook right. with Facebook lives to help you guys out. And, and thank yeah. you guys for doing the research and making sure this was brought to our attention. Cause I think most people out there wouldn't had a clue of anything about this guy. Mm -mm. I, look, I'm telling you, I was emailing, I was texting everyone I knew and telling them to email. I was standing there and I was looking at those pictures. And I, talk, I was talking to him as they walked in um, to session that day. And I was like, don't you do it. I promise <laughs> you the moms will come for you. We will come for your seat. Don't you do it. You best not vote to confirm this man. He is not what Mississippi needs. He is not what the education system in Mississippi needs. We need somebody who is going to actually go back to the basics and teach math and reading and our constitution for goodness sake our rights that's what we need not someone who wants to push an agenda absolutely and as you brought up we need to learn more about our rights Lindsay, when did you graduate high school 2003 2003 are you making me tell my age that's not nice well i have a reason for it you know, and, and okay. I'm much, much older than you, so you are extremely young, so don't worry about that. Uh, you know, but anyway, were you taught in actual, well, first off, did you go to public school or private school? I went to private school. I'm from Yazoo City. Um, in Yazoo County, it was pretty much, you went to private school. So you may you may answer differently than most people in in and I'll explain mm -hmm. this and some of my listeners probably heard me go through this before. Were you taught in a school classroom anything about the Constitution and not just memorizing the preamble, actually going through the document and trying to understand the Constitution and the Bill of Rights? Absolutely not. And when I look back now and I look at what my kids are learning and they are focused on these tests, these reading gates, and these these math problems, I'm thinking, what are my kids going to need to know later on in life? They need to know their rights. They need to know the Constitution. They need to know how we were founded. They need to know what's important to them. They need to be able to think for themselves. Unless you go into a, a very specific um, occupation, who really needs to know how to add or divide or subtract fractions? Or how to, uh, yeah, it just blows my mind. I feel like 
no one focuses enough on the history of our country and our right and our constitution. And I feel like that should be at the forefront. And, and the reason I ask that question of most of my guests is I graduated in 1994. I was not taught the constitution in high school either. My brother, my older brother, he graduated in 1990. He was. So somewhere between 1990 mm-hmm. and 1994, they took it out of the classroom. And Is that you, when No Child Left Behind was put into place? No, that was before No Child. No Child Left Behind was George W. Bush. So this would have been during the uh, era of his daddy. So still okay. still connected to the Bush. It was slash the Clintons, right. I'm sure. But the, the, the bottom line here, Lindsay, is that somewhere they took that out. And we know mm-hmm. the reasoning behind it. It's because how oh, yeah. can you fight for your rights if you don't know what they are? You don't know them. Absolutely. Absolutely. So I'll tell you one thing Moms for Liberty has done. And, and you know, people want to call us Karens. And people want to call us these, these moms that just complain. But I'll tell you, we have this year placed 4,000 pocket constitutions into the hands of Madison County students. Um, we have placed, I think, 28 copies of Senator Tim Scott's book into libraries here in Madison County. We have also placed um, books into the middle schools that, that deal with, um, I, they were for boys, so it really didn't <laughs> part my interest, but um, they were about the, the Civil War, the battle fought in the Civil mm-hmm. War, and they were played, they're made, I mean, those books were written just for those boys of that age, and we placed those into schools because we don't want to just complain. We don't want to be just a Karen to the school board. We want to provide solutions. We want to work with the school board. We want to work with our, our um, superintendent. We want to work with the state board of education and our elected officials to make the, the education system better for our children. And I don't understand how that makes us a hate group or a terrorist. It doesn't at all. You know, and, and you know, it goes back to, you know, them trying to call. They, they get so offended whenever you call mm-hmm. them a name, but they'll throw out labels right. like Karen's and they don't care that there might be the nicest lady on the planet named Karen. They don't care about that. They've turned that into a derogatory term to where mothers and fathers for the next couple of decades probably are going to be resistant in naming their daughter Karen uh, simply yeah. because they've turned That's it definitely. into such a bad name now. Uh, and right. that was done by those on the left trying to be cute. And, of course, they're going to call your group that. Have you heard mm-hmm. what this Rachel Carol uh, Rives has said about the uh, Moms for Liberty? From the, She's with the uh, SPLC. Here's a, I have here. not, but go ahead and hit me with it. Let's, let's hear those mean tweets. <laughs> Here's what she told in that same article from NPR. She said, they are really seeking to undermine public education and holistically and to divide communities. Yeah. Wow. That's yeah. a statement she gave to the media, not a tweet. That is her statement given to the media. When I look at several of the things that the Southern Poverty Law Center has done, and I can point to them as being more on the side of trying to create division, focusing on Absolutely. issues that are are really non-issues where they're trying to create 
that division because that's how they make their money. If there's not division, right. if we're all getting along, groups like them go out of existence. Whereas groups like yours, if you guys are able to advance liberty, you'll happily dissolve and be happy to see that you've achieved your goal. They'll never go away. They're going to create another group that is going to be held down. That's the whole reason why they have adopted the alphabet mafia, you know, and that's the whole reason why they keep expanding it. You know, it goes from one group. Now it's on to the transgendered group. They continue to expand it because they need, they need that minority groups. They need to be able to exploit them and they don't even realize they're being exploited. Exactly. You know, what's so sad is that I even see some, um, some, and I forgive me because I don't know the correct terminology because I'm not gay or, or bisexual or transgender or whatever it is that that group supports. But there are even some, I mean, we have groups that are pro-gay rights that are coming to us and saying, how can we support you? Because we are so against this indoctrination of children and this over-sexualization that's happening in schools. And we're like, yes, absolutely. If you if you're an adult, you can make your own decisions. Do what you want to do. I don't care. But don't you dare shove it in my child's face. And that's when we have a big problem. Absolutely. And I, I think you touched on something there because there are a lot of those in the gay community that are not on board with these advancements, Mm -hmm. but they're getting a bad rap because of these advancements, because the media tries to project it as they're all lumped into one when no, there are several that think that they're going too far with this stuff. And and again, you don't have to agree with their lifestyle. You don't have to say that I accept your lifestyle, but what you do have to understand is the fact that as adults, they're allowed to make their choices themselves. That is their right as an American. But what they don't have the right to do is just to force it upon you and your family. And that's what they're starting to do. And that's what the media wants us to accept now. Mm -hmm. So there is actually a group, I'm sure you've seen them, Gays Against Groomers. Mm -hmm. Um, So the founder of that group will actually be speaking at our conference, our Moms for Liberty conference at the end of this month. Let me tell you that. So we have a conference coming up in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Um, it is scheduled to be June 29th to July 2nd. The the ABC Mafia has been outside our, our Marriott Hotel for the past, I mean, for over two weeks now. So over a month out from our conference, they started protesting outside our hotel. And now that it has been confirmed that President, former President Trump, um, Governor Ron DeSantis, Nikki Haley, um, we have four presidential candidates who are coming to speak to us at our conference. And I feel a little bit better now if their security teams are going to be here, <laughs> honestly, because those people are no joke. They are mean and they are violent. It's, it's, they're scary. Absolutely. And it's, it's crazy that it's gotten to that, that there are people that are just like ready to, to, violence and, and what they want to call protests, but they're actually, they're violent. They are violent people. I don't know if, if you saw, um, um, the, the, was it rally 
well, I cannot think of her last name, but she spoke in California at a, at a college and was assaulted. And they locked into a room for three hours because she just spoke out about why she felt like it was wrong for a man to be able to compete with her in a college sport. You know, she spoke common it just sense. Blows my mind. You know, I, and again, I, and I want to get into some of that too here, you know, because again, the left is uh, always talking about a war on women, yet they're the ones that are now waging it right. because they're the ones that are taking women opportunities away from them by giving them to men who are pretending to be women. They, they right. are robbing biological, real women of their opportunity from their spots on teams, from their sports achievements, because they're letting a man compete against them. Mm -hmm. And to me, that is the most absurd thing I've ever seen. It makes no sense. Did you ever think you'd see that? Oh, yeah. I, I have made the statement on this show more than once that that was supposed to be a comedy, not a documentary. <laughs> I'm telling you what, it has turned into a documentary. You just need electrolyte. Oh, that's so funny. <laughs> yes, I have referenced that movie multiple times on this show. So. <laughs> but it, it's... Oh, goodness. I'm, see, I'm telling you, the, the, the people that realize what's happening can see that. They can place in real life and you just want to... It just makes no sense. Like, what is happening? <laughs> it, it is beyond frustrating, Lindsay. And, and, and you know, again... When you're on the right side of history, sometimes you're going to get shouted out. Sometimes you're going to be talked down to and you're going to be ridiculed, but you still have to stay in the fight. And that's why I admire you ladies, because y'all are taking these, these arrows. Y'all are taking these grenades that are being thrown at you guys and you're not backing down from it. You're standing tall and you're going to continue to press forward. So I'll tell you, last year, this time, we I went to the the, the summit conference with Moms for Liberty, and I, we had just become a chapter um, back in May, and last June I was there, and Allie Beth Stuckey spoke, and she spoke about, it just, it gets me fired up every time I think about it, because she spoke about a woman who um, d- doesn't understand what's happening she just thinks everything is okay and she just doesn't ever want to rock the boat or speak out or call the ruckus or call the scene she doesn't want to make a a a big deal out of something um and then she realizes and she starts to look at things and understand that something's happening that's just not quite right and so that's where we come in as parents who know what's going on as parents who have researched and who have um, educated ourselves and we see what's taking place and so we although we confirm her fears we also offer her a safe place to come and to be able to express herself and her concerns and we take those arrows as parents not just moms but as parents we take those arrows for these women who are just waking up to what's happening and then we let them know they're not alone and I feel like we need to do that for so many parents out there who are just now waking up and just now seeing what's happening, we need to let them know that, yes, this is going on, but, hey, you have a community here, and you can fight back, and we can make a difference. We can affect change if we just come together and educate ourselves and and empower each other. 
we can do it. Lindsay, how does somebody that's interested in joining your group, not just here in Mississippi, but nationally as well, how does somebody go about getting involved with Moms for Liberty? So there's momsforliberty.org. And when you go to our website, you can look. We have a map, and you can click on your state, and then you can see if you have a, a chapter in your county. We are a 501c4, and we are set up by county. Um, like a, we call them a 300 um, county chapters now. And once you do that, if you don't have a county chapter in your county, you can um, find out how to become a chapter. So I think I said this a minute ago, but I have been on the interview team with Moms for Liberty now since October. And that's been such an amazing thing because I've been able to talk to women all over the country. And I've been able to hear their concerns and we're not the minority. And it's, it's incredible to be able to connect with these women who are so like-minded. And when we first start those calls, we've been trained to do, um, I tell them a little bit about myself and how I got involved. And so many, nine times out of 10, these women say to me, wow, okay, well, my story is just like yours. And so to me, that just is so powerful. We have people ready to, to make a difference and ready to change. So if you don't have a, a chapter in your county, I urge you, I urge you to get some people together and, and start, a, start a chapter because this is how we are able to come together and make a difference. When we joined with Moms for Liberty, it was because they were already a 501c4. We have been showing up at school board meetings. We have been protesting the mandate. And we had, um, in fact, already formed an LLC called Madison County for Freedom or Madison Parents, Madison County Parents for Freedom. And my intent with that was to take that to a 501c3 or a 501c4 nonprofit so that we could use that in these people behind us to bring about change in our school system. Well, I had a friend from another state call me um, or text me or email me, send me an a Instagram message, actually, and say, why are you not involved with Moms for Liberty? I see what you're doing over there. And I said, well, who's Moms for Liberty? And I looked them up, and I thought, wow, I won't have to fill out all that documentation, all those 600 pages they want from me to start a, five and a nonprofit. So we became a chapter, and then I realized, the community and the parents and the, the the way we're able to connect with each other and we're able to talk with each other and see what's happening in our school districts and our school systems across the country. Because if, if there's something happening in California, I guarantee you it's coming this way. Yep. It's on its way here. So that's been the biggest thing that I've been able to take from Moms for Liberty. It's just the, the community and the moms and the 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 support and to know that you're not alone. So I urge all parents, if you want to get involved or if you are upset about things happening in the public school system or the things that are being taught or implemented or pushed down your kid's throat when they're in school, please look us up because we can use all the parents. I mean, every we can all make a difference. And it might not be a national difference, but we can all make a difference in our corner of the world. Absolutely. And I think that's a great message. And of course, tonight, you know, you you were at an event tonight, you know, in which 
our good friend, Senator Chris McDaniel spoke, you know, and of course you're active in trying to see, trying to make sure that we get him elected as Lieutenant governor, as, as as I am as well. Uh, Tell me what you're seeing and what you're hearing out there during this race. You know, there are a lot of Chris supporters, and I'm always on board with that. But there are even more people who come to me and say, I am so fed up with our current lieutenant governor that I'm willing to help any way I can. So, you know, it's it's sad. It is sad that Mississippi in the deep south, in the Bible Belt, of the country, this was one of the last states to have religious exemptions for vaccines. We have one of the most democratic liberal lieutenant governors under the false name of Republican. And how did that happen? You know, people have to wake up and pay attention. We cannot just vote based on name recognition anymore. We must look at the voting record. We must understand the process of the legislative session and how things come to fruition and how bills become laws. But who does that? Who initiates those those committees and who puts those chairmen in charge? There is no reason for a red state like Mississippi to have 13 out of these 16 Democrat senators be appointed to chairmanships. That is absurd. Yeah, all while leaving nine Republicans without a chair. So let's not forget there are nine Republicans that currently do not have a committee chairmanship, all while 13 of 16 Democrats do. What's the point in electing a Republican majority if that's going to be what we're going to get? Right. Exactly. Exactly. You know, and I I, I looked at Delbert Hoseman in the eye back during session, and I said, you, this was right after the, the medical religious exemption bill did not come out of committee, and he showed up at Gribbing Grin here in Madison County, and um, I, he spoke, and he left right after he spoke, but he walked over to me before he left, and he looked me right in the eye, and I said, Delbert, or he said, he introduced himself, I said, I know who you are, <laughs> and he said, he said, oh, I don't like that tone. I said, well, I'm a little bit upset with you right now. He said, what do I do now? I said, well, number one, you promised us last year after the COVID-19 vaccine mandate bill passed um, that you would make sure that this came to fruition for our children this year. And then, he, you know, he came up with all the excuses. Oh, I tried. I had to vote. Somebody switched them. And then he, he said, I said, okay, well, we need to change that. And he said, well, let's see what we can do, what we can sneak in before the end of session. I said, okay, when you want to meet? And he said, call my office, email my office. And I did. And then we played phone tag. We never met. (laughs) Because he never intended to meet. He never intended to meet with me. Absolutely not. Well, it's it's sort of like this whole, you know, Delbert's refusal to debate because he doesn't want to face topics right. like that he never wants to face the adversity here and Absolutely. he knew what he was doing you know i mean he knew he killed Absolutely. that bill and he just didn't want to listen to any he wanted you to think and believe in the myth exactly. that he perpetrated for so long of nice mm-hmm. stately delbert 
But that's not the real Delbert from what you and I have been told by multiple right. members of the legislature, is it? Absolutely not. Delbert Hoseman is not the sweet little old grandpa man that sits on the park bench with the old lady. Sorry, he's not. He is the person who has stopped conservative legislation in the state of Mississippi. He has stopped the income tax from being eliminated. He has stopped parental rights legislation. He has stopped um, the religious exemption for vaccines being passed. And then now he wants to take credit for it. He actually had the nerve to put out a post taking credit for porn being removed from libraries in the public education system in Mississippi. I beg to differ. It took me five minutes. It took me five minutes to look up his hometown public schools and to find the garbage that's there right now. I tagged him in that post that I made, and he immediately untagged himself. Um, he can untag himself from that, but he still has not removed his uh, like to Brandon Presley putting on two wrong shoes because he was so excited to go hear Delbert speak once. So, you know, it's it's funny. He can remove that tag, but he's, he likes being tagged right. by Democrat Absolutely. candidates for governor. Funny. Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> you know, it, it's... Exactly. It's been a fascinating race to watch, you know, I mean, again, and I, I'm sure you've heard it from people, too, as you've gone out and tried to help Chris in this race. People apologizing because they voted for Delbert. And I'm always yep. quick to tell them, don't apologize to me because we all voted for Delbert once. He tricked us all. The person who owes mm-hmm. the apology is Delbert Hoseman for lying to us. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, and I tell people, and to speak again with Moms for Liberty, you know, we have a parent pledge, um, and it's for candidates and elected officials. And I'll, I'll tell you what it says. It says, I pledge to honor the fundamental rights of parents, including, but not limited to, the right to direct the education, the medical care, and moral upbringing of their children. I pledge to advance policies that strengthen parental involvement and decision-making, Increase transparency, defend against government overreach, and secure parental rights at all levels of government. I handed this to Chris McDaniel, Senator Chris McDaniel. He looked at it, he looked at it, read it, immediately signed it. I said, absolutely. I sent this to I've asked to meet with Lieutenant Governor Husband and I sent this to to him through email. No response. Wow. <laughs> if you're a parent, that should tell you what you need to know. <laughs> I mean, wow. Just, I mean, even if he doesn't mm-hmm. want to sign it, at least reply. I mean, you're still a voter, right? You should right. still matter, but he can't mm-hmm. even, he can't even say that. It's, that's frustrating. Right. You uh, know, yeah. it's, it's been a, it's been a fascinating race to watch. And I feel like the momentum is definitely on Chris's side from what, what I'm seeing mm-hmm. out there. Is, is that what you're seeing as it boots on the ground as well? You know what my favorite thing is, Jack, is to watch people who don't know Chris, who don't know Gilbert, who are undecided, and then they walk in and they listen to Senator McDaniel speak. It is incredible to watch that because they are so moved by what he has to say. And they immediately know what they want to do. I'll tell you what, this is the best, the best, my best part of this campaign so far has been 
um, when I went to the 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 only forum that has happened because since then, um, Lieutenant Governor Hoseman has refused to show up at a forum. <laughs> but um, <laughs> but um, we had a forum, and all four candidates on the Republican ticket for Lieutenant Governor spoke. Well, there was a, a, a very young girl right out of high school, and she walked in, and we had a table at the front, and the, some of the volunteers wanted to hand, hand her a sticker, a Daniel sticker, to put on her shirt. And she took it, and then she handed it back and said, you know what, I'm going to wait until I hear him speak before I decide who I'm going to support. Good for her. Or, or, or show support for I know. I, I wish I had been that smart at 18 years old. <laughs> um, but she listened to all four candidates speak, and then she came back to that table before it was over as everybody was leaving, and she said, can I have my sticker back? That's awesome. And you I know. said, hold on. Let me get Chris. You need to talk to him. So I pulled Senator McDaniel back in. He had just walked out the door. I said, look, you have to meet your newest volunteer because I'm going to make sure she's a volunteer at this point. But I mean, that's, that's what's amazing is to see people walk in and hear him speak and not know who they want to vote for, not know the issues, not know who stands for what, and then walk out of there knowing who the right man for the job is. That's incredible to watch. Absolutely it is. You know, and I, this, this program, it started off as a radio show and the original host of the right side radio program was Chris McDaniel. Uh, I was his sidekick. I was the number two person on the show. Even know that. that is that is 100% true. We were nationally syndicated for a time. Then Chris decided to go and get elected state senator. He left me yeah. to host the show for the next six years, I think, before I took a nine-year hiatus, before I brought it back <laughs> last year as a podcast. Uh, but yes, this show started off with Chris McDaniel as the host. And Lindsay, I'll be the first to tell you, that the things that Chris said when he was a host on the Right Side Radio program are the same things he says today. He has not changed mm-hmm. his his right. ideals, his principles. Everything that he was saying when he was just, you know, an unelected citizen hosting a talk show is the same things he says today as a state mm-hmm. senator. Not changed at all. Right. I love that. I, I'm guessing that you knew Joy Dixon Payne. I did. Uh, I definitely uh, had some very, very kind words for her uh, on this program after she passed. Let me tell you. So she's from. I'm from Yazoo County. I'm from. I grew up, born and raised in Yazoo City, and so she was from the same hometown. Uh, I lost my husband back in 2016, and then she she knew my family, and she just kind of was just such a a comforting, encouraging voice to me. And, and then after, when my, when my husband passed, my, I was pregnant with twins. They were born two months later. And uh, she messaged me not long after that and was like, um, Lindsay, um, Chris McDaniel was going to be speaking in, in Yazoo, and I really think you should come out and hear him. And I said, I didn't say this to her, but I thought to myself, Joy, you've lost your mind. I have newborn twins. I have two older <laughs> kids. I, I don't have time for politics. Like, I'm, I'm trying to get my life together. I don't know what's happening. And here I am. <laughs> Front and center. Just a few years later. 
just like working to the bone trying to get Chris McDaniel elected because I know now what I did not know then. How involved in politics were you before your husband passed? Were you were you casually or not at all? Not none, not at all, not at all. I mean, I, I, I competed in pageants, um, and, and so I, I studied politics just to get through the interview part of that. Mm-hmm. And it was not until uh, it was it, it literally was not until the vaccine issue mm-hmm. that I said, you know what. If I don't stand up and fight for my kids, there's nobody else that's going to do it. And so that took me into the vaccine issue, and that took me into the education issue, and then everything after that. Because our country can't survive without people fighting back for what we know is is what's right and what our, our founding fathers intended for it to be, for liberty and for freedom and for limited government and to stop this government overreach that they continue to push and these agendas and just the disgusting mess they want to put into our kids' heads in, in the school system and the indoctrination, we must fight back against that or we will not have a country for our kids to live in in the next generation. Absolutely. You know, and that's that's one of the fascinating things as we watch and you talk about the, the children. I'm sure you saw the story recently where Stacey Abrams said that Mississippi is mm-hmm. ripe for a liberal awakening. And I don't think she's wrong. That's the scary part. I think that right. I don't think it's today, but I think that in if we don't do some things today to change the tide of the things in the classroom in 10 years, it will happen. If we elect Brandon Presley and don't and reelect Gilbert Hoseman, we're well on our way. Yeah. Well, I'm going to say if we don't elect Chris McDaniel on August the 8th, Brandon Presley will win the governor's mansion. I, I have said that, and I believe that. And, you know, I have called out Tate Reeves on Facebook, I don't know how many times, over the mask mandate and over the things that I didn't agree with him on. But I wholeheartedly believe if we have a conservative such as Chris McDaniel in the lieutenant governor position, that he will be easy to work with. And I, yeah. I just, I feel that. In my I, I do gut. too. I feel that in my- Look, I think I think Tate, as far as a governor, has had a rough time because he faced things right. that nobody could have. I mean, I give, I give a lot of people a little bit more leeway on the early days of the pandemic, just simply because it was such uncharted waters and there was so right. much bad information being given to those in those positions like that. Cause even Ron DeSantis, uh-huh. you know, who is praised exactly. for how he handled stuff may not have handled it the same way when it first started. Uh, so I, right. I, I think that we do have to give them a little bit of a pass on some of that, but I a hundred percent agree with you that I think that a McDaniel Reeves team could be, Fantastic because they've Powerful. already proven they'll work together. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, and you know, here recently we've heard Governor Ray say, "If if you want a conservative, there's only one in the race." And if people don't know, because I didn't know, so I'm sure a lot of people don't know. But in Mississippi, the most powerful role in the state mm-hmm. is lieutenant governor position. Yep. 
you get to nominate all you get to appoint all the committee chairmanships you get to pretty and chris much would not election. appoint those democrats <laughs> no he's already made a play look here's the thing if chris makes a commitment and tells you he's going to do something delbert's running these mm-hmm. ads saying that i keep my word but he's proven that he doesn't <laughs> chris mcdaniel actually does keep his word when he gives you a commitment right. that these are the positions i'm going to take he's going to stand by those positions Regardless Absolutely. of anything, because he is a man of his word, plain and simple. Mm-hmm. I don't think you see that in Delbert at all. I think Delbert is a no. man of what can I tell you to convince you to vote for me? And I think people are right. starting to wake up to that. Well, yeah, it just kind of it makes me sick the way that he is portraying himself and and portraying that he passes laws on things that he tried to stop. I mean, I mean, like, like Senator McDaniel will tell you the income tax, the cut that that we got was peanuts compared to what could have happened if it was Delbert 1%. had not. Lindsay, it's a one percent right. cut. He he's touting it mm-hmm. as the largest tax cut in the history right. of our state. And if one percent is in fact the largest cut that we've ever had, then that means this state has never had a significant tax cut because we still don't have a significant tax cut. We could have right. We could have done away with the Absolutely. whole thing. Delbert refused. But who stood in the way of that? Yeah. Delbert Hoseman. He's, he's <laughs> definitely been, a, Delbert the Democrat has been been a bad lieutenant governor. When he was Secretary of State, he didn't vote for anything. We didn't see anything. All we saw was the cute little commercials. So it was easy right. to stand for him. Now he has a record. Now we know <laughs> what he stands for, and we have to hold him accountable for having a liberal That's record. Good. And what I love about Senator McDaniel is that he'll tell you that, hold me accountable. Mm-hmm. If I do something that you don't agree with, hold me accountable. And, I, you know, I've talked to him about that before. And I said, you know, it's hard to hold you accountable when I know that you are voting the way that you feel is best because you don't have time to read that thousands of pages of bills sometimes that come up. And then you have somebody that comes and presents these bills in the Senate and they don't tell you the truth about what's actually in them and you don't have time to read them but then you have people that want to throw the book at you if you vote differently than they think you should vote so if there is a, a bad vote that he's made they're few and far between number one and number two how about we step up and say hey let's help you vet these bills like yeah. let's help you read them if this is this is we the people this is our country. This is our state. We can't, our hands, our hands are not clean. We have to take an active part. Absolutely. I, I, I think you said it wonderfully there. And I, I think that, you know, we need to have our, whether it's going out on Saturdays and knocking on doors to try right. to make sure that we get Chris McDaniel elected or, whether or not it's showing up there in Jackson to try to fight for the bills that we know we need to see passed and fight against the ones that we know we need to see killed. And I applaud you and I applaud the other women out there that are a part of Moms for Liberty that are doing just that because it's not easy. It does take time out of your busy schedule for you to go up there and do that. But you do that not just for your kids, but for future generations of kids. And that right. to me is extremely special. It's just so important to me. It's 
so important to me that our children are able to grow up and live after I'm gone in the country that was founded upon these freedoms. And and our founding fathers would never, ever, ever have intended for us not to have religious liberty or um, for our children to they would never agree with our children being indoctrinated and schooled the way they are today. I just feel like it's so important for us. And, and even if it's nothing more than just to honor what our founding fathers did, it is so important to show up for our kids and to show up and know what's going on, to know what's in the schools, to know what's being put into their folders and to, to go through those papers, to know what is, is taking place and what is being taught and what's being put into their minds because they are the future. And we owe them that. We owe them. We owe our children to teach them right from wrong and to know, let them know when they're being taught something and being indoctrinated the way they shouldn't be. Absolutely, Lindsay. Well, look, here's what I want to do is I want to, you, you, when did you say that that convention was? Um, August, um, June, August, uh, August 8th is the election. I'm sorry. Exactly. That's, that's hey, that's the most important head. date. And le- show up and <laughs> vote for so Chris drilled, McDaniel, August so 8th. I just go straight to August. <laughs> I think we're ready so to get there. Saying, I'm like, please come out and vote August 8th. And so August is drilled into my brain. Yeah. Uh, and so our conference is June 29th through July the 2nd. Well, are it's you planning on going? Oh yes, I'm. I'm. Yeah, my room's booked. I'm there. Um, All right, let's let's uh, we, let's plan on this, Lindsay. Let me plan on yes. having a conversation with you, and you be a correspondent for the right side, and let us know what you're seeing up there, and Absolutely. give us a report from it. Absolutely, I will. Yeah, you know, they have had people protesting outside our hotel, the Marriott in mm-hmm. um, Pennsylvania, Philadelphia. Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, um, for over two weeks now. And the conference is still another three weeks out. So that's scary. Thank goodness we're going to have Trump's and DeSantis' team there to help protect us because that's what's so sad is that these people are nuts. This this ABC mafia and the agenda they're pushing is sickening and they are crazy. They're not afraid to show that, evidently. Um, All right, last thing before, and I was going to wrap, but I've got to talk to you about this because, again, this whole transgender thing and the way how they're trying to convince kids, you know, that they can Mm -hmm. choose their sex, that they can decide, Mm -hmm. oh, you know what, I was born a boy, but I can decide to be a girl. You're seeing now in certain classrooms and certain things them trying to victimize these kids by trying to plant these seeds in their head. And what Mm -hmm. we're not telling folks, too, is that there are true mental illnesses out there. And in some cases, they're starting to create them. I feel bad for a lot of these folks who claim to be transgendered. They're actually suffering from a mental illness. And I don't think the right thing that we should be doing is exploiting them by trying to throw out some nonsense like go live your truth. But where I really get offended is when they start doing this to children who, again, we've got a a 11 year old kid. We don't let him decide what time he goes to bed, 
We don't let right. him decide what TV shows he's old enough to watch. He's not allowed to drive. Right. He's not allowed to vote. But he's allowed to decide that he's a girl now. Come on. Let me tell you. Let me tell you what happened here in Madison Madison County Schools. People don't believe this when I tell them. Madison County Schools last year. This has been a little over a year ago. They had a about a year and a half ago, I guess. Uh, there was a first grader who showed up to school in August as a girl, came back after Christmas as a boy. And the school was not okay with that. Our elementary, this is my kid's school. Um, The school was not okay with that. But they were so under pressure to not fight against it because they would be not politically correct are sued for not being inclusive enough, or I don't even know the words they want to use for that. But I said to them, I dare you <laughs> to try that mess. With my my twins, or starting kindergarten this, this past year, I, said, I dare you to do that to my kids' class, because if you come to my twins and tell them, hey, your friend over here, um, Jill, is now Jack. Yeah. <laughs> we gonna have some problems. This mama's gonna have some problems with you as a school for allowing that to happen. As you so should. It, 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 yeah, and the schools I think are some of them are in a really hard place because it's like, what do we do? We have I have videos on my phone of high schoolers right here in Madison County lying down on the floor during the Pledge of Allegiance to protest against it being said in the morning. Madison County, Mississippi, that's taking place. Wow. And it's, they can't, the teachers can't do anything about it or they'll be fired. And and how old were the kids they, again? Yeah. I mean, the, the, in the high school, I mean, it was not, it was a ninth grader. Oh, like it was high school. Grader. I thought you were saying it was elementary Well, no, well I know the, the trans, the, the, the kid that came back after Christmas. Yeah, that was, that was gender. first grade. That was a first, yeah. first grader. First grader in elementary school that's a mile from my house. Well, still, even in a high school yeah. age, ninth grade or so, they didn't come to the conclusion on their own that there was a problem with no. the Pledge of Allegiance. That was somebody right. planted that idea in their head and they ran mm-hmm. with it. I remember when I was in high school, if we did something stupid like that, we were going to get in trouble. We were probably, I'm right. old enough that we got spankings in high school. Yeah. <laughs> you know, nowadays, it's, oh, well, we have to sit down and understand why he feels that way. No, they're kids. No, you don't. You can they punish don't. them for acting out. And that's what the kids do. He's not protesting the national, he's not protesting the Pledge of Allegiance, the national anthem, or any of that. What he's doing is he's trying to draw out attention. He's trying to act out. He doesn't understand any concepts of why he might should or should not protest these things. Right. He's just parroting something he saw on TV. Being, being raised by liberals if I had to guess. Oh, yeah. Well, it still goes back to my point. It's being put in his head. It's not a conclusion mm-hmm. he came to on his own. You know, and, and again, right. to the first grader that left as a boy, came back as a girl. Right. That yeah. is child abuse. And those parents, in my, and I'm sorry, those parents should be arrested because they are not Absolutely. doing that child a good service. 
Absolutely. And what is sad is that the school can't fight back against it, even if they want to. They can't say, this is not okay. They have to go along with it. And to me, that is sickening. That's, it's utterly ridiculous. Well, Lindsay, look, if there's I, any... Go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, and I was just going to say, you know, I feel like we must fight back against this agenda. We must fight back against um, the indoctrination of children. And if, if that means pulling your kids, if that means boycotting Target, if that means not drinking your favorite beer, if that means not buying... Chick-fil-A or God's chicken. I mean, whatever that means, it's not shopping on Amazon or not watching Netflix. Those things might not be convenient, but they are dang sure necessary to get our point across that we are not okay with this. This is is not okay. You will not indoctrinate my children. You will not push this agenda down their throats. And if you do... I will hold you accountable. If you're an official, I will, an elected official, I will make sure that there's somebody to run against you, and I will strip you of your power and remove you from office if you continue this and trample on parental rights. We must stand up and fight back. Absolutely. Well said, my friend. And again, definitely appreciate you coming on tonight. Again, she, uh, just so the listeners know, I text Lindsay today and said, hey, I think I want to have you on tonight because I think I think we need to talk about this Southern Poverty Law Center nonsense. And without any hesitation, the only question she had, can we do it late? Because I'm going to the Chris McDaniel event tonight. (laughs) That was that was your only caveat was I had to be late so you could go hear Chris speak tonight. (laughs) I had to be there for Chris, you know. (laughs) <laughs> Absolutely. Well, look, Lindsay, I look forward to having you back on later this month when you go to that convention. I, I definitely yes, look absolutely. forward to a report. And it's just uh, really been a great pleasure having you on. Is there anything you want to leave the listeners with? Do you want to tell them one more time how they can sign up for Moms for Liberty? Yes, momsforliberty.org. Go there, search, see if you have a chapter in your county. If you don't, that's okay. I'm on Facebook, Lindsay Beckham, um, and there's also a Moms for Liberty Madison County, Mississippi Facebook page as well. Search me, find me, message me. If you don't have a, a chapter um, and you want to start one, we'll get that, we'll get you going. And if not, if you want to join Madison's chapter and you want to be updated on things that are going on and things that are happening, that's great too. We just want people to be involved and people to be able to know and have a, a resource to be able to go to to find out what's taking place. And as always, vote Chris McDaniel for Lieutenant Governor August 8th. <laughs> gotta get out the vote. <laughs> Absolutely. Hey, look, you got August 8th in there at the right time this time. <laughs> yes, yes. August 8th. August 8th. August 8th. Like, let's see subliminal messaging where we say it over and over and over. Maybe it will stick in people's heads. Now, now, if you're planning on voting for Delbert Hoseman, your election is no, August no, that's 9th. August 9th. That's yeah, that's August, August 9th. 9th. So <laughs> that's, that's, when the, that's when the Democrat vote. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> well, Lindsay, again, thank you so much for being here tonight. Look forward to having you back real soon. Uh, and Absolutely. once I share the iTunes link, if you want to go on the right sides page and share those links to the, uh, 
to the Madison County page. So that way people can Absolutely. easily find it there as well. We'll get it there. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. I, I love to be able to talk about our issues and things that we're passionate about. Um, and, and also to talk on behalf of Chris, because I believe he's the, he's the man for the job and uh, we need to get out and support him always. Absolutely, guys. Well, guys, this has been the Right Side Radio Program again for this week. I really want to, again, thank our guest, Lindsay Beckham, for coming on to the program tonight and being a great guest tonight. Again, go check out momsforliberty.org. Go check it out. Find your county. Find out if you have a chapter. Get involved today. Go check out Chris McDaniel's Lieutenant Governor page. Get involved in the campaign. There's a big push to try to get more volunteers out so we can knock on more doors every weekend moving forward. Find out today how you can get more involved in that as well. Guys, we'll be back again real soon with more Right Side content. Again, thank you guys so much for listening. We'll see you again real soon. Hard work, determination, and a love for our community. As a lifelong resident of Mississippi, Chris McDaniel had these values forged at an early age from a loving family. My father would tell me to get up in the morning and try to help as many people as you can. We're only here for a short while. We have to do the very best we can in that short period of time to help people, to change the world. We can fight to make Mississippi a leader in this country, and that's what I've tried to do all these years. In the state Senate, Chris McDaniel authored pro-life legislation to protect the unborn, and McDaniel safeguarded our Second Amendment constitutional rights. Chris McDaniel's steadfast commitment to conservative values is why he's earned the American Conservative Union's Award for Conservative Excellence multiple times. Now, as our lieutenant governor, Chris McDaniel will continue to fight for all of Mississippi. We can fight to make Mississippi a leader in this country, and that's what I've tried to do all these years. Mississippi deserves a real homegrown conservative. Support Chris McDaniel for Mississippi Lieutenant Governor. Paid for by the committee to elect Chris McDaniel. 